It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. That's the first down of the big hole. 15, 10, 5, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae at the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Scottsdale, Phoenix, for the Super Bowl. It was a real good time. I drove back yesterday. I watched again with my wife, got ready to do my show last night for Sirius XM. I thought it was an epic Super Bowl. It was a great Super Bowl other than Kansas City winning. None of us here are rooting for Kansas City. We all know that. But it was a really good game. 38-35, to 35, a lot of big moments in the game. Big, big moments. And the game, again, was decided on a penalty late in the game. So you could say the last two Kansas City victories, the AFC Championship when Mahomes was thrown out of bounds for a 15-yard penalty, that happened. And this game where Bradbury held, that happened. But what usually what happens is Kansas City gets those calls. They get those calls late, and they play to the letter of the law. There are always going to be missed calls in the game for both teams. There are always going to be games that go down. There's going to be missed calls. But I thought that Super Bowl was pretty clean in general. It wasn't an ugly Super Bowl where there were flags all over the field. It felt that way in Kansas City for the AFC Championship game. It did. So did they miss a few calls? Of course. That's why coaches get challenge flags, and they have an opportunity to challenge a catcher if not. But that hurt at the end of the game. That hurt at the end of the game because the game didn't need to win that end that way. Kansas City had no turnovers in the game. Philadelphia had one. It was a critical mistake by Jalen Hurts. We played that fumble in the first hour of the show. That can't happen. That can't happen. That gave Kansas City a free seven points, and Kansas City only won by three. Some of the other mistakes in the game, coverage, goal line defense for Philadelphia was embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing. They were god-awful. And a lot of people today are proving and saying that they didn't play against anybody good. They had a lot of cupcake wins in the regular season. They had a lot of games where the second half of the game didn't matter where they buried teams, and then they played out of division, out of conference, against inferior teams. Look, we, I don't know if you were at the Eagle game last year at Allegiant Stadium. The Raiders put 30 unanswered on them and was no doubt a better team. No doubt the Raiders a year ago were better than the Super Bowl champs we saw last night. So is that encouraging to you? Do you think that's encouraging? Well, this is what I do for a living. I, I think it's a little bit encouraging. In this game, three penalties for only 14 yards for Kansas City. Can you believe that? An entire football game, Raider fans? Three penalties for 14 yards, and Philadelphia only had six for 33. It wasn't like there were these massive penalties all over, but the last play of that game was significant. Last play of the game that set up Kansas City being able to slide down at the goal line, take all the clock down, because Philadelphia only had two timeouts instead of three. There was no time left on the clock for Jalen Hurts to try to take the lead, tie the game, get into field goal range if Kansas City at that point didn't get that field goal at 38-35. When you look at how that played out at the very end, that should have been a touchdown for Kansas City. Kansas City didn't want the touchdown because they didn't want to give the ball back to Philadelphia. Proper coaching, solid coaching, and Kansas City that were down by double digits 10 points outscored Philadelphia 17-8 to to win the Super Bowl. 
Where does this Kansas City team rank all time? Well, this is the modern era. This is the last game we saw. They have the, a quarterback who has a chance to be right there with Montana and Brady. I mean, Mahomes has a chance to be better than Peyton Manning and Brett Favre. Through most of my life on the radio, you couldn't touch Peyton Manning or Brett Favre. They were number three or number four, or maybe number four or number five. Mahomes, I believe with the second Super Bowl and his second Super Bowl MVP, and what we've seen with his regular season MVPs, does he have a chance to catch Brady? Of course he has a chance. I don't think so. Brady was 7-3 and three in the Super Bowl. Mahomes is now 2-1. and one. But it doesn't look like anybody's going to knock him out of the playoffs anytime soon. Kansas City was 14-3 and three and won the Super Bowl. I thought this year they'd be a 10 or 11 win team. I thought the AFC West was going to be significantly better. I was wrong. I thought they would have had tougher games in the AFC West and the AFC, and they took care of business. So I tip my cap to Kansas City today. We want your reaction. We call this the aftermath. We're going to finish it up today. We're going to do the same show tomorrow with a little bit of a twist. I usually take two days after the Super Bowl to re-go, go through all the highlights, sound bites, the post game, the stats, and all of that. When I see your phone call, I'll rush out to it. Appreciate you being patient. Robert in Portland, you're up next. Thanks for calling in, Robert. Yeah, JT, I think uh, you pretty well described exactly what's wrong. You know you were right about the Chiefs. They should have lost five this year. I thought the draft they had, you have to hand it to them. Carlathis, McDuffie, Watson, and Pacheco both picked Mm. in the seventh round. These guys came in and stopgapped a lot of the problems that they had a year ago. Yeah. So you got to hand it to their, you know, draft uh, guru guys. They, 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 that's what the Raiders need to do. They didn't have a first and second round pick in the previous draft yeah. because you know they were traded away for Adams. I understand that, but Trent McDuffie and George Kalathis were picked number one. They had two picks in the first round, and it makes a hell of a difference. So I think. You don't need to be too depressed. You hung in there all this year. It's just, it's just what it is. And Carr, it's just time for him to move on. I don't have an answer until May is a member of the team a year from now in that 2024 draft. I think the kid is unbelievable at North Carolina. Yeah, he's one of the picks because he's got an upside ceiling too. And appreciate the call. Thank you. He's a pocket passer. I think the Raiders need a fast aggressive, outside-the-pocket player. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud would be fine by me. And then next year, Caleb Williams is one of the best we've seen. He's brilliant. Caleb Williams of USC. If you can get him, but you got to have the first pick overall to get him. And you're going to have to give up like three first-round picks to move up and get him or two. So it's very hard to get that. I like Aaron Rodgers now. Even though Aaron Rodgers, we don't know what we're going to get from him around the media and all that, but I can handle that. If he never comes on the radio with me and sits on the radio with Pat McAfee every week, I can, I can handle that. <laughs> I'm not going to have a problem if Aaron Rodgers leads this team out of the tunnel. If Aaron Rodgers leads this team out of the tunnel, because the Raiders have a real chance to get him, the only chance Aaron Rodgers has of coming here is Devontae Adams. That's it. Aaron Rodgers wants all the money. He might do a slight restructure. He would. He would do something, but he would only come here if Devontae Adams called him, went to see him, and said, this is it. I need you here. I'm the best player in the league at receiver. You're the best quarterback or the second or third. We can get this thing going again and get the Raiders to the playoffs. Then you don't have to worry about the quarterback and then the entire draft and the rest of the free agency money, because there will be money. They'll be able to move around and massage the cap. They have a lot of money. They can get three or four defensive players. 
three or four. And the Raiders could be right back in the hunt here, similar to what Cincinnati did. There's two blueprints that you could use. The Rams, when the Rams won the Super Bowl, what was their blueprint? They went all in on free agents. They got rid of all their draft picks, Matthew Stafford. You know, they had Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, all the players that they brought in. Cooper Cup exploded onto the scene even bigger and better. And they won a Super Bowl. Or you can do what Cincinnati did. They got Joe Burrow in the draft. And they just started to climb out of the hole. And they drafted reasonably well. And their backups became starters. And they did a nice job. But I don't think Cincinnati's that far away from the Raiders when it comes to personnel. I mean, Cincinnati trots out Eli Apple. They had three backup offensive linemen in the championship game. Yeah, Joe Burrow's better than Derek Carr, but he's not better than Aaron Rodgers. Or if he is, it's just because of his age. Aaron Rodgers got much more experience. So a quarterback could fix this thing. It was either going to be Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers as an easier fix because they're so bleeping great no matter where they went. They go to Carolina, they go to the Jets, they go to the Raiders. Wherever they go, those teams are going to make the playoffs. And now it's down to Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron Rodgers says no and he wants to play one more year in Green Bay, then we'll move on to Jimmy Garoppolo or another quarterback that could be a fit here. But we're not looking for backup quarterbacks to take over. We have that with Jared Stidham. We have a good, capable backup quarterback in this organization who can be the starter if you want to go after a quarterback in the draft. But if you go get Aaron Rodgers, you don't have to get a quarterback early in the draft. You can get one later on in the draft and develop them. Because Aaron Rodgers is going to give you two great years, hopefully, and the team could do something. But I got, I got weeks to talk about that. Aaron Rodgers just went into his four nights of darkness and whatever that is, and he'll let us know when he comes out. Evan's in Marietta, California on the Raiders mobile app. Hello, Evan. Hey, uh, JT, appreciate all you do for Raider Nation. A couple of points. Uh, hey, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and uh, Kansas City's definitely the best, and we got a tough division. But I believe uh, Dave and Josh, uh, you know, it's going to force them to be great. And, you know, I have confidence in them, and we got draft picks. We have the best facilities. we got a tax-free state. We just need that third the component, which is then the draft and uh, do well in free agent signings, and I think we can be right there. Uh, regarding Derek Carr, uh, not unhappy that he's gone. Uh, he was kind of a polarizing figure. I never thought he was, you know, a great leader. And, uh, you know, he did some good things. He's a great guy, and I wish him well. But I'm glad we're moving on, and I think we have a chance uh, uh, to now get our own quarterback either in the draft or Aaron Rodgers. Um, a couple of other points. Uh, one, you talked about the route that Kansas City ran. Uh, we Hunter Renfro did run a similar route in the 2021 uh, finale against the Chargers near the goal line. He was in motion. It was a great play. And like you said, I hope we do more of that. And go Raiders, and thanks for all you do. Yeah, appreciate it. What I, what I wanted to make the point, this is a very important point, in the Super Bowl. We're breaking down the Super Bowl, and we're on the Raiders' flagship. Let that sink in. You think I hate that? I hate this. But it's the right thing to do. we got to talk about the Super Bowl for two days. And what Patrick Graham needs is players who are smart enough and athletic enough to, to defend those pick and misdirection pivot plays. For years, I've been telling you the word misdirection. Kansas City runs it. The only way you can defend it is Dave Ziegler needs smarter players on defense that can figure out you don't take the bait. When he starts off in motion, then stops and comes back the other way, you can't look for help. Darius Slay is a hell of a player. He gets lost as Tony goes into motion. That can't happen. He's, it's like he's going to let him go. 
Well, if he's going to let him go, then stay on that edge of the field and let him go. He came right back, and Darius Slay was not there. That happens to the Raiders all the time against Kansas City's receivers, normally Tyreek Hill and Jason Kelsey. So when people ask me, well, how confident are you in Patrick Graham going forward, JT? What do you think about him as the defensive coordinator? Everything I've heard is he's, a, he's an aggressive play, uh, play caller on defense. He is a pretty good, knowledgeable defensive coordinator, but he needs better players. He did not have the players from week three to week four to week 12 that had the conceptual vision of how to play at the level that Dave Ziegler and Patrick Graham want. Do we all understand this? I'm giving you some inside knowledge. They don't have the players who can figure it out from the former regimes on how to defend and how to be smart and how to be athletic and how to look through coverage and look off coverage. Deron Harmon's the best guy they got, and he's on the back end of his career. He made a couple of plays in the back end. Trayvon Merrick is not capable to do that yet because he's too young. So they'll evaluate him. They'll put him through the ringer. And if he's good and he's going to stick, he sticks. But Josh McDaniels did not take this job with Dave Ziegler because Trayvon Merrick was here or Darius Phylon was going to be the answer. You all get this. They needed to reset the whiteboard and get their guys in here. And it's magnified because Kansas City's in the division. Justin Herbert's in the division. And now a coach by the name of Sean Payton's in the division. I mean, this is a complicated way of saying you better hit the draft well and get some guys who are smart enough not to get smoked the way Philadelphia did in the red zone. I felt like I was watching a Raider game against Travis Kelsey when those guys were wide open. And that's fact. I want, I want to see that get cleaned up. And that's why they were down at the Senior Bowl and Patrick Graham was the head coach of one of the teams down there. And Dave Ziegler has been on the road constantly with his scouts trying to find the right guys who can plug and play and be better than the guys who were here. Let's see him do it. Mr. Black in Hawaii. Appreciate it. Coming off the Super Bowl. Go ahead. Hey, aloha. Aloha, JT. I agree totally. It's, it's our defense that needs the major upgrade. Uh, offense has, you know, done good uh, the last few years. Deficit in games, but our defense is just, uh, you know, just not there. We need the smart players, like you were saying. Now, every uh, little point I want to make, every organization in all sports, they've made their bonehead mistakes. And uh, three, and I loved Mr. Al Davis. I got to travel with the team once back in 96 to go up and play with the, the, uh, the uh, Seahawks at the old King Dome. That was just fabulous. We got to shake his hand. But, of course, as an organization like all of them, we've made some bonehead mistakes. And I, I think of three uh, when he traded Gruden, you know, uh, in the early 2000s to, to the Buccaneers. That was a big mistake. Uh, how he uh, uh, treated uh, Marcus Allen, that was a big mistake. But I go back to the 83 draft, you know, John Elway picked number one. And uh, they even have a little special about that. That was the, the big draft with all the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And Dan Marino dropped down and kept dropping down. Right. Yeah. And he was right there in our lap. And for some reason, we didn't grab him. We took Don Mosbar, great, great center. But I could only imagine if they would have grabbed Marino. He would have came in that year, Plunkett won Super Bowl 18, would have sat behind Plunkett maybe another and can you imagine if Marino took over right after Plunkett? 
when, like you were speaking an hour ago, we should have had five, six Super Bowls. And I know Marino would have got a couple for sure if he would have been, you know, instead of, and then, of course, the next team he dropped to was Miami, right below uh, L.A. Raiders. And, of course, he went to Miami, and the rest is history. But those three big mistakes really hurt us uh, as, mm. as a uh, organization. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Take thank care, you for che- thanks for checking in on that. Look, there's going to be swing and misses. You know, we didn't, the Raiders should have got Ben Roethlisberger. The Raiders should have easily gotten Aaron Rodgers. And the Raiders could have got Lamar Jackson. Look at Lamar Jackson went the last pick in the first round. Could have got them if they moved up to get him. They could have got Micah Parsons. That's the one thing I want to be remembered for in the next year or two on draft night. I was the guy screaming on the broadcast, go get Micah Parsons. Okay, this organization traded the first and second for Devontae. Imagine if we'd go back in the hot tub time machine and trade a first to go up and get Micah Parsons. I think that would have worked out. We would have had a linebacker for the next 10 years, one of the best players in the league. So you can always second-guess the draft. And from my relationship and friendship over the years with Mike Mayock and John Gruden especially and other coaches before, Jack Del Rio, Reggie McKenzie, only have good things to say about them as men. All GMs and coaches miss on draft picks. It's commonplace. That's what they do. There's a lot of players they have to pick on. But recently, the number one draft picks that the Raiders whipped on have cost this team the ability to have the players that Kansas City played. They just had the Super Bowl from their last two recent draft classes. I all thought, like you, that Kansas City was going to run out of money and run out of time because Tyreek Hill's leaving, Honey Badger's leaving. Okay, so they're not going to win a Super Bowl if they lose quality players like that. They stepped up in the draft, and they reloaded, and they did, a, they did a nice job. It's not hard to see what they did. They scouted the players. They waited for the players to come to them, and they took the best players available who were able to start and win a Super Bowl. Man, that's pretty impressive. That's what we want to see happen around here. 702-365-9200. Three people called that segment. I got all three of them up. This is the aftermath. It's pretty simple. For the next two days, we're taking phone calls on Kansas City. They're the Super Bowl champs. We will give them credit, and we'll talk about it from a Raider perspective. The other news is Derek Carr, as the trade deadline is up here and it doesn't look like there's going to be a dance partner to go along with what the Raiders want. And I'm not going to say I expected that or not. I I didn't think they were going to get a first or second round pick for Derek, but I thought it would have been nice to get a third or fourth round pick if they could and go down the road to at least have something else because the goal was to get out of the Derek Carr contract and not pay him going forward. So Derek Carr informed the Raiders that he will not accept the trade to the Saints. He'll be released, according to Ian Rappaport. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr is being released after informing the team he won't accept the trade to the Saints or anyone else. Rappaport did a deep dive. It's all up at NFL.com. You can read into that and where Derek goes from here. Carr visited the Saints. And the former Red, uh, Raiders coach Dennis Allen earlier in the week opening the possibility that a trade could happen. Tom Pelissero, who I spoke to from Radio Row, reported that the Raiders and Saints had the framework of a trade in place for Carr, but his contract was an issue. Quote, with a no-trade clause, Carr had the power to force his way into free agency. It's a smart option for exercise given the bevy of teams looking for a veteran quarterback this offseason and the fact that he should be one of the top options. Carr could recoup money lost by getting released. He can. And he, he could also play the market wrong 
and see that the contract is something that doesn't have the guarantees that he wants. It might not be the team that he wants. The best offer might be by the Jets. I can tell you right now, I know Derek. I won't say I know him great. I think I know him well or decent. I can promise you Derek Carr doesn't want to play for the Jets. I can promise you that Derek Carr doesn't want to play for the Jets. Now, I'm not saying he won't. He could be a Jet because that'll be the best offer available in free agency. But knowing Derek in the Bay Area and now in Vegas with his lifestyle and all that in the media compared to the media in New York, I could promise you that if the Jets have the best offer, Derek will look and go, really? That's the best they got for me? I'm going to have to be a Jet? Okay. Jets are pretty good. Jets got a better defense than the Raiders, that's for sure. But they don't have the assets and the weapons on offense. So I thought the best fit for Derek would be New Orleans or Carolina. He's probably going to one of those teams, and those teams are going to negotiate in free agency. And then the Raiders can concentrate on their own quarterback. Open lines to the top of the hour, the aftermath. What would you think of the Super Bowl? 702-365-9200. And how much does it upset you? that Kansas City won. I just told him I was happy for him that it just wasn't this year. And I told him I thought it was his best game that he's played. And it wasn't just this game. It was this entire season that he's, he's shown to be a special leader, a special player. And I'm sure glad that he's our quarterback. That's Nick Sirianni as he loses the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts played incredible. Let's all thank Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo, for our trip out to Phoenix and Scottsdale and uh, had a case of Modelo waiting for us. As we got there, we thank Modelo for everything that they do for us. And always good, always good to have a Modelo, an opportunity to get a Modelo and ask for it out in Phoenix or Scottsdale. And that was refreshing there. I'll get into what I saw in Scottsdale, Phoenix coming up here next. It was truly incredible. Absolutely amazing. A couple of the things that I saw that I've never seen in a Super Bowl opportunity before. Thanks to Modelo again, proud partner of our show going forward. As they've been, we appreciate Modelo helping us get out to the Super Bowl. Uh, quickly, 702-365-9200 as we look at the highlights of the game here. And it doesn't seem like a lot of Raider fans are pissed off or angry about Kansas City winning. And I think I know the answer to that. Because a lot of Raider fans are burnt out now. Season's over. Super Bowl's over. Raiders weren't in the playoffs. Raiders didn't play in the Super Bowl. Their arch enemy won. I think the Raider fans are taking it on the chin today and pretty bummed out about the end of that Super Bowl. I get it. I got a job to do. It's not a hard job here, but I got to give credit to Kansas City and figure out what they did right so the Raiders can improve that way. A couple of other sound bites that we didn't get to. As they tied it up at 35, I think that Jalen Hurts going for two, and as you know, the way he was able to run in this game on short yardage where they do that rugby scrum and they push forward, here's Jalen Hurts on an easy two-point conversion. Hurts in the gun. A.J. Brown out to the far side. Hurts is going to run. He rolls, and he is in for the touchdown, and we're tied. Extra we point, are tied. Extra point good. Yep. Going in for two. Yep. He takes it in for two, and the Eagles have tied the Chiefs. That was a huge moment in the game. Everybody was thinking overtime at that point. Jalen Hurts was 27 for 38, 304 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, and Jalen Hurts ran it 15 times for 70 yards. 
for 70 yards. But here was the key to the game after that. I thought this was incredible that Mahomes had a 25-yard run. It was really 26, the longest run, one of the longest runs of a Super Bowl era. He had six carries for a total of 44. And on this play, Mahomes was close to putting the game away. Pacheco's the running back. Tony comes in motion. Here comes pressure to the outside. As Mahomes steps up, he's going to scramble. He's at the 40, bad ankle, 30, bad ankle, 20. Tackled from behind down to the Eagle, 18-yard line, a 25-yard scramble. What bad ankle. He is limping back to the huddle. Don't underestimate how tough Patrick Mahomes is. That was his Super Bowl moment. You know, he didn't have a lot of great, I mean, he had wide open guys. Two of the touchdowns to Sky Moore. And what we saw with Katerius Tony, there was no one on defense there. And the touchdown to Kelsey, he's done that how many times? He does that all the time. That run changed the game. Because now the clock is running, the clock is running. Philadelphia is going to have to burn timeouts. And this was the dagger as they were milking the clock down to get one opportunity to win on a chip shot field goal. Here's the game winner. Winchester, the veteran who's played in more postseason games than any other chief, tied with Travis Kelsey. Townsend will hold it. 11 seconds left in Super Bowl 57, 35-35 tie. The kick is good, and Kansas City leads 38-35 with eight seconds to go in regulation in Super Bowl 57. Yeah, that, that hurt because Jalen Hurts didn't have any time left. So when you have no time left, you don't have the opportunity to come back in the game and have a chance to win. We were all hoping for overtime or even a more dramatic finish. We've seen some great dramatic finishes in Super Bowl history, and we were robbed from it. We didn't get a chance to see it. And a lot of people are upset about that. Now, the key to the reason why the whole world in Philadelphia didn't have more violence last night is because Bradbury said that he held. If Bradbury would have said no comment and acted really pissed off in the locker room after that holding call on him, which cost the team the game, it helped lose the game. If he would have said anything at that point, that would have been controversial. The Philly fans would have jumped on it, and the Philly fans would have got crazy in Philly and all over Arizona because they would have thought they got robbed because the player who held didn't admit it. He did admit it. So it took away from what I want to talk about. It it took away from doing a complete show on the refs, giving the game to Kansas City. We can't do that now because the guy that got the infraction is saying, yeah, he held, I just wish they didn't call it. Uh, Let's get to the final call because Kansas City deserves it. Can't believe I have to play this on the Raider flagship, but they are Super Bowl champs. Hertz takes the snap. The Chiefs. Only rushing two on a delay. Clock is going to be out of time. And the pass is going to be underthrown. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. That's Chiefs Radio on the call. You want you want to hear Jason Horowitz do that for the Raiders. Coming up here pretty soon. That's the play-by-play call. You probably haven't heard it on Kansas City Radio as Kansas City are Super Bowl champs again. After the game, Andy Reid on Mahomes, who's the MVP. This is from Fox talking about that great victory and how his quarterback bailed him out. Patrick Mahomes clearly hindered. What does he continue to show in these efforts, Andy? Well, he's the MVP. I mean, that's all that needs to be said, right? MVP. And he saw it tonight. 
Yeah, let's move on to Reed talking about his coach's game plan, Bobby. This was important because the game plan was sound, but they were losing by double digits. Then the game plan came together in the second half, and they dominated. Yeah, they were different plays. They're good. My assistant coaches are unbelievable. I mean, Eric beat me with the with the game plan and the coordinate the thing, and then the young guy. All these young guys I've got uh, contribute, and they all work. They never tell me which one does it, but they show these plays show up. Yeah, these plays do show up, and Eric Bieniemy is a big part of that. Eric Bieniemy can't get a job as a head coach after all this. I know some people don't think he interviews well. Come on. He's been working on his interview skill process for a long time, and he continues to win big games. Very similar to Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels got six Super Bowl rings. He got a head coaching job early in his career with Denver, then later in his career with the Raiders because of all the success he's had in AFC championship games and Super Bowls. The same goes to Eric Bieniemy, who's got a lot to do to chase Josh McDaniel's six rings, but he's very good. Always been impressed with him. I'm shocked that he doesn't have a job as a head coach at this point. Reed talked about retirement plans. I thought the Terry Bradshaw interview was awful, where he told them to waddle over and talking about cheeseburgers and getting up there in age. Here's Andy Reed. I look in the mirror and I'm old. Um, I, my, my heart, though, is young. I mean, I still enjoy doing what I'm doing. I got asked that 50 times here. And finally, I just go, whatever, man. You know, whatever. And that's a, that's a good friend. Jay Glazer's a good friend. So, I mean, he, he's probably telling me to get my tail out. I'm too old. But um, I, I'm good with what I'm doing right now. So Let's move on to Travis Kelsey. He competed against his brother, Jason Kelsey, who's won a Super Bowl. This is a big moment for the Kelsey family. They got a lot of positive press leading up from Radio Road to their podcast, but only one could win, and it was Travis again. There's nothing you can really say to uh, a loved one in, that, in a situation like that. You know, you, uh, you joke around all the time and say that you want to be your brother in the biggest stage ever, but it's, there's nothing really I could say to him other than I love him, and, and, he, and he played a hell of a year, a hell of a season. It's amazing what the mom went through, the family's going through to watch both kids play at the same time. I thought that was pretty interesting. So that's where we stand today. It's still the aftermath of the Super Bowl. Tomorrow I'm going to talk more about the matchups the Raiders have to make against Kansas City. Going forward, Derek Carr right now is what we're waiting on. We're waiting for the official release of Derek Carr by the Las Vegas Raiders. That could be coming up shortly here. And the number one story at ESPN.com is the Jets hiring Todd Downey as the passing game coordinator. And he has a direction and a connection to Derek Carr. So if you look at Derek Carr now, what's the fit? Dennis Allen was his head coach, the first one. He worked with Todd Downing in the past. People are trying to read between the lines here. And the Jets are continually trying to reshape their offensive coaching staff. They hired former Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing as their passing game coordinator. Downing, who was fired after the season, has ties to two quarterbacks who might be available for the Jets. That would be Ryan Tannehill, who is with the Titans, and the Las Vegas uh, Raiders and Derek Carr. Downing was with the Raiders quarterback. He was the quarterback coach for the Raiders in 2015 and 2016 and their coordinator in 2017 when we worked with them. That was three uh, Pro Bowl years for Carr, who's going to become a free agent, could be today or tomorrow, and maybe the Jets are trying to get inside of that by making this move. The Jets have also checked into the availability of Aaron Rodgers, and we know how that's going to be. But this is interesting because I think the Jets are doing something. They're being very proactive. This was the latest move by Coach Robert Sala in order to reboot on offense. And that was replacing offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur 
with Nathaniel Hackett, who was Rodgers' coordinator for 2019 to 2021. Sala also replaced offensive line coach John Benton with Keith Carter, who was also fired by the Titans. So if you're reading the tea leaves with the Jets, I think the Jets want Aaron Rodgers. The owner wants him the most. And I believe that Derek Carr is on the short list. And if they can find a way to get Derek Carr, it won't be as expensive as if they don't have to trade for him. 702-365-9200 as we continue on. Uh, When we come back, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about how great Scottsdale and Phoenix were. I don't believe it's going to be Vegas. I don't. But they had a couple things going for them out there that was incredible. And I'll have my voice up and running probably by Wednesday of this week. But I enjoyed the Super Bowl, and I enjoyed all of our proud partners, including Raisin Canes, the king of chicken fingers here in the Valley, and proud partner of our show. I told y'all this week, there's nothing that's going to keep me off that football field. And uh, I just want to shout out my teammates, man. We challenged each other. It took everybody to win this football game. So uh, shout out my teammates, baby. We're Super Bowl champs, baby. Let's go. Just a quick thing I wanted to tell you about the Super Bowl city. So I spent, I drove out on Monday and I drove back on Sunday. So I was out there for the whole week, mostly in the Scottsdale area where I was staying. Uh, Radio Row was in downtown Phoenix, and downtown Phoenix is like a Ron Burgundy movie, Anchorman. It looks like it's stuck in the 70s. The architecture's old. The roads look old. Downtown Phoenix is not impressive at all. It's a ghost town. They have enough hotels for a Super Bowl, which is important, but Glendale's nowhere near downtown Phoenix and nowhere near Scottsdale. So all the action is going on in Scottsdale, and that's where the Waste Management Open was the golf tournament, which was much bigger than the Super Bowl all week other than Sunday, the day of the Super Bowl. So let me repeat that. All week long, this is one of the rare perfect storms in sports for a city that's hosting. The golf tournament that they had out there at TPC was bigger than anything at the Super Bowl. So any Super Bowl party, any dinner, anything that was going on wasn't even close to what was happening at that insane golf tournament. Then there was a great game on Sunday that everybody liked, and that's what we're talking about. That's what we'll be talking about for a bunch. The game lived up to it, but the field sucked. And I think they're going to take away a future Super Bowl because of the field, but they've had several problems with that football field in Glendale, where the field is outside, inside, what we're also doing in Vegas at New Allegiance Stadium. Very rare when you have a field, that, a field tray, and the field just didn't work. And there was too many chunks coming out and too many players slipping along the way. I thought it was a mess. So the next Super Bowl is coming to Las Vegas, as we all know. And Vegas is going to blow away Phoenix. But Vegas is going to have nothing like Phoenix had with that golf tournament. So Vegas is going to have casinos and parties. And it's going to be great. It's going to be expensive. A lot of big fireworks and parties and all that. But they're not going to have a golf tournament that's got hundreds of thousands of people every day, which is a sea of humanity. That took away a lot from the Super Bowl. It did. And Radio Row in Vegas will be great. And the nightlight and the concert. So the advantage Vegas is going to have going forward is that when they have a Super Bowl, they have all these venues for concerts. And that's what these Super Bowl events are. 
that you go see a DJ, famous DJ, you go see a couple of famous performers, they're all out, out at the Super Bowl site performing. Well, nothing will ever compete with either Vegas or Miami going forward. Even New Orleans doesn't have the concerts and the quality of the talent that you would have in Vegas or Miami. So overall, I think Phoenix is a pretty good city. It's just way too spread out. You got downtown Phoenix. You got the game out in the middle of no man's land in Glen, uh, out there in Glendale. No man's land. And then you had this massive event that took all the oxygen out of the week out at the Waste Management Open. So all of that combined made it a very unique Super Bowl. The good thing also about Phoenix was the weather was fantastic. The weather was unbelievable when you're in the mid to low 70s and there's not a cloud in the sky for most of the week. That's pretty special. That's why they'll probably stay in that rotation. And they deserve to stay in the rotation because they have good games. If you look at the history of this game in Glendale and the new stadium, they have really good Super Bowls. And people remember when they go to the airport the following day how great the Super Bowl was because if it was a fantastic game that came down to a last possession of something famous there, Eli Manning, the helmet catch, and the Giants. So they do happen to have good Super Bowls there in that building. The problem is the field. And a lot of people are complaining about the field and those who were slipping around and they had to change cleats a number of times. But it reminded me of the Buffalo game. The Buffalo game, what happened there when Buffalo played Cincinnati I had friends who were there, and one who's a season ticket holder told me, he goes, the Bills looked like they were on roller skates, ice skates, and Cincinnati had the perfect cleats. And the same could be said about this game. The Eagles were changing their cleats. The Eagles mentally were having a problem with that field. And you saw at halftime there after Rihanna, they pulled out that stage. That stage was amazing. Let me get to Rihanna in a second. They had to do a lot of work on that field going forward. And I know the people behind the scenes at Allegiant Stadium, and it's going to have to be great. For the Super Bowl, the NFL is involved at the highest level. Their hands are all over that, and they can't afford to have it. I think Allegiant Stadium, similar with the field tray, will do a nice job. And as we speak, Allegiant Stadium making upgrades to the suites. All this is for the Super Bowl. So I woke up this morning, and I saw the transition of power, the transition from the Bidwell family to the Davis family. Sandra Douglas Morgan was there, the president of the Raiders, on behalf of the Raiders. She did a great job. Uh, making comments about that. They handed off that giant Super Bowl on a flatbed truck that's leaving downtown Phoenix and coming to Vegas. So we're up next here, and I say we because I moved here in 1996. And I I moved out for a while, and I came back. And I think Vegas is going to do an amazing job. But the weather's got to be important. We can't have a week where it's in the 50s, and it's raining. And you can't predict that ahead of time. Phoenix had it perfectly locked in. But that Scottsdale was a monster. So I went to some good parties. The party recap was unbelievable. Uh, most of the parties were at the Waste Management Open that were good. I went to Ditka Jaws uh, with Brian Erlacher. Brian Erlacher took over for Coach Ditka. I'm deeply involved with Gridiron Greats. And we hung out with Jim Kelly and Morton Anderson, the Hall of Famer. Warren Anderson, uh, Warren, uh, Warren came, excuse me, Morton Anderson came back to the house I was staying at for after hours. That was a good story for a podcast. Jim Kelly looked amazing. He was fresh. He had a great time. He looked good. He looked strong as he's a cancer survivor. So that was really important to me. And then the final night, I want to thank our friends at Tao and Remy Martin. They had a huge concert. It was at DJs, three DJs led by Zed, who is the house residency over at Zook here at Resorts World. And we went to that show, and that was a monster. That was at the Scottsdale Private Airport Hangar. So you're on the jetway of a beautiful airport 
where you're in the middle of this giant airplane hangar and they had a DJ and the tables were incredible and ran into a lot of our partners and a lot of our friends here in Vegas. And that was a better party than I expected Saturday night. And then I got up and I drove out on Sunday morning and that drive, my son goes to school there. So I took my son to the golf tournament on Friday. I want to thank Harry Ruiz for sitting in for me. Uh, By that point in time, Friday, I had to be with my son. We took him out and a couple of his friends to the golf tournament, so I got a quality time with him. And then overall, it was nice. That drive back was a little bit tough. That that ride getting out of Phoenix in that downtown area, a couple of one-road, single-lane highways where trucks are coming past you, you know, coming at you, but in their lane at 80 miles an hour, and you're double, double-fisted on that steering wheel, man. That is not an easy job for anybody who drives that dr- route all the time. And, and that was good. So I got home in time, watched the game with my wife, the Rihanna concert. So it took about two minutes into Rihanna to realize she was pregnant. And she was covered up, and they had all the dancers had on those giant white marshmallow pullover coats. Coats, I couldn't believe that Rihanna, who was pregnant, was on this elevated stage. And I know she was protected with the wiring and all that. But come on, for a pregnant woman to be up there, you know, that's kind of dangerous. If there's, you know, you don't, you're praying that there's no snafu. She's getting a lot of heat for lip syncing. We know the difference with lip syncing uh, at these great events. You shouldn't be allowed to. It should not be allowed that you can lip sync. But when you're doing something this big, this enormous, and you can't have any mistakes... People can live with that, but I cannot believe how many grown-ass men criticize a woman named Rihanna because she didn't have the energy. She's pregnant. And so everybody who's tweeting during the performance, well, she's got low energy. She's not on her A game. Come on, guys. If you're a guy or anybody, you can't be tweeting about a pregnant woman who's putting her life on the line, elevated on a clear stage above the field. And you got to be pretty brave to do that. Michael Strahan said right after the performance when they went back to Fox that he's afraid of heights. He could never do that. And Rihanna was able to pull it off. So if you want to rank Rihanna outside the top 10 and all that, go ahead and do that. But with all what she did, and then she announced to everybody right after that that she was pregnant and she couldn't pass up. When she accepted that role to be the halftime performer, she wasn't pregnant. So that's happened in between, and, and she didn't back out of the deal. And I thought she did a pretty good job. In regards to the rest of the broadcast, Kevin Burkhart's really good at play-by-play. Greg Olson is an acquired taste. He's new to all of us. He talks a lot. He doesn't stop. People criticize Romo. I think Olson does a fine job. He was really good down the stretch predicting that Kansas City had to get on the ground and not score. I thought him doing that in real time was a really important aspect. The sideline reporters, Tom Rinaldi, Aaron Andrews, the pregame show, okay, I'm a big Howie Long guy. Why wouldn't I be? Noah's son, Howie, Howie Jr., who works for the Raiders. Howie's always exceptional. I didn't love Terry Bradshaw's interview at the end of the game, as I mentioned earlier, with Andy Reid. I just thought it was very uncomfortable and clunky and telling Andy Reid to come waddle over to the microphone. I think that was a personal shot. Andy Reid's wife's right next to him. And then he talked about the cheeseburgers and him getting old. And getting older, I, I just think that that was Terry Bradshaw's swan song at being on stage as a, at a Super Bowl. I don't think we need to see that again. CBS gets it next. And this Las Vegas host committee team that's putting together this Super Bowl here in Las Vegas, they're now on the clock. So if Philadelphia would have uh, won the Super Bowl, I would have spent a lot of time today talking more about Derek Carr, 
and the fact that we're on the clock for the Super Bowl. But Kansas City won. And unfortunately, I had to put a lot of time in today on the Chiefs and the legacy of Mahomes. I'm going to do that again tomorrow to get the Raider Nation to rest up. I think there are a couple of people who are hungover, tired, bitter. Kansas City won. So we'll hit the reset button with Bobby tomorrow and try to knock it out with a little bit more passion and energy in this time slot. And then we'll put this behind us. And by the time I go to bed tonight, wake up in the morning, same with you, Derek Carr will no longer be the quarterback of this team. As it looks to play out there, if the Raiders could not get a trade partner, they would have to cut him, release him, to not be on the hook for that guarantee. And that's why Derek didn't play in the last two games. They thought they could trade him. And the only way to trade him was to make sure he wasn't injured. So they had to protect him to do that. What they get here in the, in the last few seconds, it looks like Derek Carr is going to play his card and his no-trade clause and say, I'm going to go be a free agent and do it on my own. For Raider fans that have a problem with that, I understand it. But I know Derek too long to make it personal and get on the radio here and just crush him like he did us a disservice. Derek Carr played here for nine years at a pretty high level, never won a playoff game, took the Raiders to the playoffs twice, had several Pro Bowls. I don't count this last one as a real Pro Bowl. I think he was the seventh alternate, if you want to count it. But overall, Derek had a nice run with the Raiders, and that could come to an end in 10 minutes when Q starts or tomorrow morning on the morning tailgate or maybe during our show tomorrow. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. Appreciate it. I'm going to have another cup of tea, eat some zinc and vitamin C, and get ready to do it all week here. On the proud flagship of the Silver and Black, JT, thanks to all of our partners that sent us to the Super Bowl. It was a memorable one off the field, not so much with Kansas City winning. Check me out tonight on Mad Dog Sports Radio. That's 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific. Q Myers on deck. Have a great day, everybody.